Welcome to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast, where successful entrepreneurs get their brains picked so you can apply mindset tricks and game-changing tactics that will help you become unstoppable. Now, here's your host, Daniel Geffen. Hi, fellow listeners, and welcome to episode two of Can I Pick Your Brain? I have with me today Ruvain Jacob. Ruvain started out as a sales guy and was responsible for increasing the turnover of a food distribution company by 500%. He then launched and grew a vacation planning service, which currently lists over 140,000 hotels. And now, in his latest project, he has just managed to raise $1.5 million for his new startup, healthpro.com. Ruvain, welcome to the show, and thanks for letting me pick your brain. Hi, Daniel. Pleasure to be here. I'm, I'm really, first of all, I'm really excited to find out how you managed to raise $1.5 million for your new startup. But before we get to that, why don't you tell us a little about yourself, a little about your background and your upbringing? Okay. So basically, I uh, kind of left school at 16 years old. Uh, I was always the kind of guy who loved to wheel and deal, buy and sell. Very independent sort of individual, loved traveling around, went to Europe, Far East, uh, met some interesting people, had some great experiences. And I basically come from a uh, you know lovely, uh, caring family. Wonderful. So um, let's start with this, I guess. You know, you helped increase the revenue of a food, food distribution company that you were working for uh, by 500%. So you're obviously incredible at sales. So can you share with us how you managed to do that? Sure. Okay. So actually, uh, the company I worked for actually started off initially in the warehouse. I had to wow. you know, schlep those boxes, move things, <laughs> deliveries. And slowly, slowly, as I kind of got on top of things, I was bored. I went out there on the streets started selling the confectionery and other listing products that we had, got that under control, got much more involved in, in selling. Eventually, after a year or so, went up to sales manager, then sales director, then pursued that to looking for other products to private label and eventually push those items not just into local stores, but into England's four largest supermarket chains, the Tesco, Sainsbury's, uh, Safeways at the time. And that definitely, you know, once you're dealing with the supermarket, the quantities are, you know, very, very large. And it ended up making, uh, you know, my boss very, very rich man. Yeah, you, that made him very rich, but you, you still kind of had your, your salary. Did you get at least a bonus? Or? I was uh, on, a, on, a, uh, on a commission, but had I known I was going to be that successful, I would definitely <laughs> have changed the basic uh, to lower and, and higher out on the uh, commission. But as it is, we live and learn. I love the job mm-hmm. and I love the people I was working for, so I don't have any qualms about that. You know, what's incredible about that is I hear so many people that say, you know, they're such good sales guys. They're so good. They've got, you know, creative minds. You know, they know how to close deals, but yet, and they're building their, their bosses, you know, bottom line. They're, they're growing their bottom line, but they're not, they're not creating their own. And I always tell them, you know, you've got to get out there. You've got to start your own business so that, you know, you're growing your own business and not somebody else's. So it's, you know, it's amazing. You know, what's also interesting. I just want the, the listeners to hear this on a personal level. I met Ruvain when I was a little boy. My father has a grocery, a small little grocery store in London, and Ruvain used to come in, and he was the guy who would check the, you know, check to see what we have, what we don't have. You were the, uh, like you said, the schlepper. You came in with your notepad. Do you need more biscuits? Do you need more chocolates? Do you need more crisps? Right. And now here I am interviewing Ruvain, and he's 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 got this new startup business. He's raised 1.5 million dollars. He's had, he's had other um, successful ventures. It's incredible to see how far you've come. Thank you. So let me let me ask you this. You you just launched healthpro.com. Can you tell us briefly 
what it is, and most importantly, what motivated you to start this business in such a highly competitive space? Sure. So healthpro.com is a all-in-one solution for health professionals in the alternative medicine field. So any business which requires sales based on appointments are the ideal candidates for using our platform. In addition to helping them simply manage their business from dealing with bookings and scheduling, uh, marketing tools, billing, uh, SMS reminders, etc., etc., we also promote them through our marketplace and enable them to increase their clientele by getting them new clients. I like to always describe it as the Airbnb of today, but in the health and wellness space. So that's just a background of the, um, of the product and the platform that we actually launched literally today. And out of interest, how long ago did you have the idea for this platform? Right, so it came around a year and a half ago. It all started by somebody whose wife, the other founder, Harry, uh, his wife was actually a uh, yoga therapist and came home one day after a, uh, a networking meeting to discover that all her friends seemed to have the same issues with, you know, clients not paying for their services, canceling last minute, good people, but just terrible business people. Harry knew me as he was involved in uh, in fundraising for a previous business of mine, which, uh, you know, to a layman, he called it, you know, the same idea, hotels, booking, guests, same idea. There's a a marketplace here. There's someone who wants to book and someone who's offering a service. Maybe, you know, we can, you know, have a business over here. So once he spoke to me, you know, I loved the idea, started doing some more research and found that there was, although, you know, you said initially that uh, competitive space on one level, yes, health, wellness, fitness is a competitive space. But as far as having a platform out there, which specializes and focuses on integrative, complementary alternative medicine, which is a huge growing market and creating that community as an all in one place, uh, that's something that was definitely uh, lacking out there to have the all-in-one solution for the professionals and offering, you know, users to be able to book in a very simple, you know, two-minute manner on demand. You want a massage, you want it now. You want an appointment, you want it now. Pick up the app, do your search, see who's nearest to you. Bob's your uncle, Sally's your aunt, and that's it. (laughs) Sally's not my aunt, nor is Bob. But you know what's interesting is that you mentioned that you had this idea just a year and a half ago. Now, it's for me, it's amazing. I've, I've got tons of ideas all the time. And a lot of people I speak to, you know, they've got loads of ideas that they've had for years and they've not implemented them. The fact that you've now, you, have you launched um, healthpro.com yet? Today is our first day live. So if you visit healthpro.com. Uh, today? Have, today, today. We've launched today. We've got a celebration. Yes. Wow. Woohoo! So if people go on to healthpro.com today, that's it. There's, your website's live as of today. Correct, yeah. So exactly. So one and a half, so only a year and a half from idea to implementation. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. And, and, you've, and you've raised, in, in the meantime, you, you had to raise $1.5 million. So how, how did you get to raise, what, I mean, how long did it take you and, and what practical tips, I guess, can you share with our listeners looking to get an investment? Right. We don't really have the run-of-the-mill story. I don't want run-of-the-mill stories, by the way. They're boring. (laughs) So I had a a friend who came to visit me one evening, and um, we ended up off-topic talking about this new business idea that I had, which was, you know, helping people live, you know, better lives. Uh, The following day, my friend, his name is Sammy, he called me up and he said, you know, I've got to say, I just love your ideas because I want to make the world 
a better place. And the fact that what you're doing is going to help people is something that I've been involved in. Uh, he likes to be involved with. He had just literally made an exit in a different industry for uh, a large sum of money. And he decided he wants to go all the way with Health Pro and be our seed uh, funder to get us out there. He believed in the concept. Obviously, we had to prepare a super business plan, a lot of research, you know, ask a lot of questions, get the facts on the table. Uh, he mm-hmm. had to obviously revise it like any investor is going to do, the due diligence and see that there is a product out there. Um, what excited him was the fact that the size of the market uh, health and wellness is something that today people are realizing there's another way to heal yourselves. A lot of people have been unsuccessful, you know, just taking regular Western scientific medicine, whereas alternative options are much more popular. Even insurance companies today, they will actually cover you for chiropractor, acupuncture, something which a few years ago you were just laughed out of the room. But they see they're right. paying out less insurance claims because people are actually being healed. So it's definitely an industry that research is proving to be um, uh, successful. Well, what's interesting is that it sounds to me that Harry wasn't in it so much for the money, but but he there was a he was passionate about the idea. Correct. Well, you know, it's just very interesting because a lot of times, you know, you you people start businesses and they're not passionate about the business, and then after a couple of months, it sort of starts to you know it it becomes overwhelming and they can't handle the pressure. And I feel like when you've got a you know when you've got a passion, you can get through anything. And it's one of the things I wanted to ask you is how have you dealt with, because, you know, starting and running a business is emotionally draining. You know, how did you get over things like, you know, perfectionism, having everything perfect, you know, procrastination, putting it off, the fear, the pressure, and you're doing it alone as well. How do you get around those negative mindsets? Right, that's a good question. I am a perfectionist, actually. Hence, it took me quite a while to find my wife. (laughs) But the truth is that, you know, I've learned through my past that, you know, perfectionism is definitely something you've got to just leave behind when it comes to, especially when you're working with a, uh, an online uh, a business. Um, I'm the kind of guy who just thrives under pressure. I love doing things, love getting it done. I love the buzz, the excitement, the adrenaline. Uh, that's who I am. That's how I love to be. I'm the top, you know, multitasker. And, um, you know, I, I kind of face that and challenge it in the right way. You know, I did put a super team together, initially started with one or two people, you know, I always look for the best out there. When you're with a startup, you're trying to be successful, take people who are experienced, who have the know-how, be able to learn from every person. The few people we put together alongside with the two investors that came through the business uh, was a really, really, you know, super team and had um, areas of expertise as, you know, an all-rounded manner, which definitely contributed immensely to the success of, you know, HealthPro being what it is today with the potential and opportunity that we hope to tap into. You know, what's interesting is that, you know, you've got into, when you were working for the distribution company, you got into the four major supermarkets in the UK. When you started your vacation uh, service business, you managed to get 140,000 hotels. And, and now, you know, with, with HealthPro, you, you know, you've managed to get these major backers. What does it take for a person to, to accomplish these things? Because it's the small, the small things that, you know, people checking their emails, getting a logo done, you know, getting a website, all these great, these are good things. But how do you... How do you, what tools do you use to get to, uh, to accomplish these big achievements? Right, so I'll break the question down into a couple of things. First of all, you know, like I said, you have to manage uh, the right team. I've always found, you know, I haven't actually been to university and, you know, got these big degrees and all those, uh, the alphabets, you know, after my name. But um, <laughs> I definitely consider myself a, uh, 
you know, a deep thinker. I like to learn on my own, learn from the mistakes out there. There are certain tools out there, you know, for team collaboration. We use something which is called Slack, uh, which is amazing for doing designs. What is, sorry, so let's just take, because our, our listeners, not, I mean, a lot of people don't know what's out there, what tools are out there. So Slack, what does Slack do exactly? So Slack allows you to be able to communicate with your team in a very simple fashion. You can create mm-hmm. miniature groups. You can create direct messages. You can upload any type of file. It integrates with, you know, any other CRM platform out there. They started out literally a few years ago, and today they've become a billion-dollar company literally wow. overnight. And a lot of these other platforms of, you know, Basecamp and, and Gantt charts, etc., they, they are all now moving to Slack. It's just so, so simple to use. It's got a style to it. It integrates with many other platforms that we use, and it literally, you know, has a top mobile application. I just have no words, and I've, you know, recently doing another project on our mobile application who are using a different platform and when I shared some information through Slack to them they literally said Reuven you won't believe it we've actually <laughs> moved from Basecamp until you know to uh, to Slack because it's just a far superior product in many ways so Maybe. Slack is definitely one you should um, use if you've got a team you know two or three or four you also, it also allows you to invite other guests you know, to join it as um, to see and share information and have conversations. By with. the way, Ru- Ruben, you don't you don't work for Slack, do you? Not I'm yet, but I'm actually thinking of it. You know. <laughs> yeah, commission on this. Though. Okay, great. And what what other tools have you used? So when it comes to you know wireframes, which obviously is a very important when you're dealing with development, you don't just want to start um, developing and doing designs, coding as opposed mm-hmm. to you know working it through the right. Uh, designs, etc., which obviously will change when you see it on paper. So obviously we've got a good designer, and we use something which is called Envision App, another free tool out there. Which Envision App, and that allows you to be able to create designs and allow you to get the look and feel of how the website will work. So you can actually create what they call hotspots, which will do exactly what you want it to do as far as opening new pages, scrolling a page down, so you can literally get a look and feel of what the website's going to look like. So you're saying before you even hire a developer, because a lot of people, what they do is they say, oh, you know what? I've got a great idea. I want to build this website. It's going to be a platform. We're going to have subscribers. We're going to have this and this and this and this. And the problem is, is that you, you give it to us, you, you tell it over to a, a designer or, or a developer and they tell you, well, what pages, what goes where, what, you know, and, and it's very, very hard to communicate everything. And of course, it then takes months and thousands and thousands of dollars to actually uh, get the website up. And so you're saying that this Envision app allows you to do most of the work before you give it over to, to a developer and a designer. So that way it's literally, boom, here it is, and, and they can design it, and there's no complications. Sure. I mean, you would still use a designer, but a designer who's working in the Photoshop as opposed mm-hmm. to a CSS, you know, online front-end developer who's going to cost you 10 times the amount. Obviously, to make a change on a Photoshop um, image is, is second. So definitely... Right. Envision app is the way forward for any type of uh, design wireframes that you want to do. It will save you hours, time, and energy. You can share it easily. You can download it. You know, thumbs up for uh, Envision app. <laughs> Amazing. Any any other cool tools? Uh, we're also using, you know, for our business to help you kind of, you know, do the sales and, and manage. We're using two popular sites, popular uh, fr- um, platforms. One is Salesforce and one is HubSpot, which actually integrate with one another. This allows us to be able to create an email automation process. It allows us to follow who our potential users, either professionals or clients. It works in a uh, kind of intrusive manner internally but on the outside you don't know that we're tracking down what you're doing where you're doing where you get stuck when you ask for feedback this allows us to improve uh, the site 
you know, the, the web industry today is very, very competitive. And if you're going to launch something, you have to make sure that it is simple to use. It is attractive. You're up to date with the latest, you know, designs and technology and features that are out there because it's just expected from you today, you know, at a minimum. So definitely a Salesforce, a CRM platform for your sales agents to be able to follow up on their leads to go through a sales funnel process for a sales manager to be able to monitor success, who is doing what, what is their output, what is their target, what are their sales. So definitely these platforms are are really, really essential. We found that it definitely is working for us. You know, other than the platforms itself, obviously, you know, depending on your industry type, you know, social media, LinkedIn especially, I find um, very useful. We've found a lot of talent ourselves with LinkedIn, who are two people working in the marketing side, which um, who specialize in marketing, health and wellness. So when we were looking for a marketing company to work with us, yes, there are your standard rules for marketing, but really because it's a niche market, you need somebody who knows how to market to help professionals, you know, where their trade shows are, what's happening, what technology is out there. And many, many times they actually are able to introduce you to other potential clients because they specialize in the niche market of health wellness marketing as opposed to a standard marketing you know, company out there. So it's very interesting because obviously, you know, you're telling us about where you are today and what tools you're using in terms of collaboration, in terms of getting the website up. What I'd like to do, though, is go back a year and a half ago into your brain in a, in a way. And, and you had this idea. What was the next step? Because a lot of people will be listening to this and they're not where you are right now. You're a year and a half later. You've got the backing. You've got the website up. That you're ready to launch. It's all very exciting. But a lot of people will have this idea for whatever it is that they want some online business that they want to create. What, what was the first steps you took? You know, take us through that. Sure. So the first thing you have to do is a fair amount of research. You have to look at all the potential competitors. Now, competitor does not mean someone who's directly competing with what you're doing, but it could be a competitor who somebody would consider using as opposed to you. So there are many, many sites out there which don't necessarily offer what we are offering to that degree, but we call them a competitor because our professional is using them. So for example, you have a, a scheduling calendar, you know, a framework where you pay, you know, $10 a month. So that is just one tool that we offer. But again, we will want to contact chiropractors, for example, who are using a particular particular platform for their, their booking. So the first thing is you've got to really know the market, understand the market, do a competitor analysis. The more closer you can find someone to your model, the more it helps you to realize where your niche is, where they went wrong, how you can improve. And sometimes when you find a lot of competitors, it's actually a good sign because it means that people mm. need what you're offering. Yeah. So it's very interesting you say that because you know a lot of times that you hear people saying, "Oh, oh, you want to come up with that idea? No, but it's already been done, and there's loads of people that are doing it." And you know, I, I hate when people say that because to me, that's that's the best sign that there's a huge market. That if there's a lot of people People doing it usually it means that they're making money. You know, there's a reason why there's a lot of uh, people in real estate. There's a lot of people doing you know, selling diamonds and jewelry, and because it's it's a it's a huge market. There's a lot of money to be made. You know, when 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 nobody's doing something, you kind of have to ask yourself, well, why? You know, why is nobody doing this? It, it also interestingly, you, you know, you mentioned about competitor research. I, I I had an interesting unorthodox way of researching my competitors, and what what I did was that I actually called up uh, my competitors and uh, I basically asked them if, uh, well, I didn't tell them that I was competing. I said that I was, uh, you know, 
interviewing successful entrepreneurs, you know, successful businesses, and can I interview them? Uh, they didn't realize that I was actually a tele- also a telephone answering mm-hmm. service. And so what I did was I interviewed them. You know, so what's working for you? What, what, how are you advertising? You know, how many receptionists do you have? Uh, all these questions. And that's how I knew exactly what they were doing and how they were doing it. You know, it was interesting. I mean, uh, I actually there was once a saying that I heard, if you want to make money, do what someone who's successful at doing better. Just do it better. Exactly. You know, so there's definitely yeah. an approach like that. Obviously, with the business, you have to go out there. You have to sign up. You have to book a massage with another company. You have to literally know, sign up all the new So letters. hold on a second, Ruben. So you, so you went into your competitor's sites and you went, you booked a massage. You paid for the massage? Sure. sure. So you booked a massage, paid for it, but didn't get one. No, we sometimes did. We actually sent people out there to, you know, our staff to go there and just see how was this person? How did it work? You want to understand it. So they made money out of us. Well, I, I wouldn't mind if you did that with me. I mean, if you, you know, book me a massage, you know, and uh, I'll, I'll go. No problem. You know, we all get along in our, in our office. <laughs> the only time we argue is when who's going to go for the massage and who's going to get the yoga class free and who's going to get a, a personal trainer, you know. Yeah, my wife wouldn't mind doing, uh, being a guinea pig for the yoga classes. She she loves yoga. So so okay, great. So then once you uh, pass competitor analysis, right? Then you have to try and find out what are your unique selling points. You know what makes you different. Why is somebody going to want to use your platform over theirs? So you have to really see. Usually you've got to try and get that, you know, one or two things, narrow it down so you are focused because there's the, the MVP, as we call it, minimum viable product, which mm-hmm. is probably one of the most essential things that you need to discover. What is the minimum you can launch with that is going to prove your concept? So before you get bogged down with in- investing, you know, and risking hundreds of thousands of dollars from investors, you want to know, do like what we call a beta test, test it out there, do your research, interview people. We did thousands of surveys. We we created a really exciting survey. We created incentives. We gave everyone on the survey 12 months premium membership. You've got to re- reward these guys. You're taking their time. What tools did you use? What tools did you use to do the surveys? You didn't. You didn't go around with uh, you know a, a clipboard like you used to and uh, ask people questions. What, what did you do? How did you? What tool did you use to survey? So we used actually an amazing tool. Uh, I'm just trying to think what it was very quickly. I think it was called Typeform.com. And mm-hmm. okay. typeform.com allow you to create really fun surveys. Very, very simple to use. And you can actually put, you know, pictures and images up there. And I actually created it myself. Uh, they're all multiple choice questions. It gives you amazing reports, show you who'd answered. Some questions you can make mandatory. Some questions you could make, um, you know, optional. But I had a great amount of fun uh, using it. I mean, I looked at, you know, other free tools out there. This has a free version, but it was worth paying the extra, you know, $10 a month because a survey is important. It's what investors want to see. It's what you say, the proof of the puddings and the tasting by asking the people. Very, very important is when you want to start a new business and you have a concept, an idea, before you put it to, um, you know, to paper, you've got to ask the people out there, what do you want? What's your dream? If you could design, you know, and Father Christmas came to you and said, listen, (laughs) I'm going to build you Anything you can imagine. What is your dream? What does it look like? Describe it. Talk about it. So at Health Pro, this is what we did. Rather than, you know, building what we thought would be nice for a health professional, we asked them all the questions in the survey. Even how much would they pay? What sort of um, payment would they prefer? Is it commission only? Is it a monthly fee? So based on all that information, we were able to, to customize the platform to accommodate for what a vast majority of people described as being their dream. And we went even one step further. We even 
try to, like let's say for example, the consensus was that people prefer to pay commission only. In other words, they only pay us on success. Hmm. What we did was we implemented that, but in addition to that, we capped it at $150 a month. So even if you are some top chiropractor doing $10,000, a month, you are only mm-hmm. going to pay $150. So, you know, that's where wow. our marketing team come in and our sales guys and say, you know, what's going to make this stuff sell? What's going to build that critical mass in record time? Because today that's what we're out for. We're not looking for, you know, 20 companies to sign up and make a lot of money on small. We want to go viral. We want to do it quickly. And what's interesting is that you said you gave away, what was it, 12 months subscription if they fill out the survey? Correct, yeah. So 12 months, absolutely free premium subscription if they fill out the survey. You know, I find that, that that's an amazing idea because I, the first thing I thought of when you said sending out surveys is, is I would never answer a survey. Well, you know, what a waste of time. Why would I want to answer a survey? Do people answer surveys? Well, I guess they do if you offer them something of value. Correct. And it also depends on what type of people. In this particular industry, um, health professionals who work in, you know, alternative health, they kind of have this very special personality of they're not even in it for the money. It's hard to say, but they just really enjoy uh, showing people that alternative medicine actually works. It's like their passion, you know, and they're excited about it. Um, so they're very, like I said, non-business minded. And they also know when we sent up the survey, we sent it with a little introduction and they know that what we are building is what they need. So it's a lot easier to offer them. And again, you know, it has to look beautiful, has to be simple. You know, no one's going to spend hours on it. Uh, you've got to give the option to just move along to the next question and those questions really have to be well thought out because you're building your business based on that question you should let you know run it by a few people first see what they come up what questions they have when you're involved in something you see things you know through your own vision so always test it on a few people in advance get feedback ask other people to to try the survey uh, what they thought mm-hmm. the question sometimes you had two similar questions that were giving you very similar information which was a waste of a whole question because you can sometimes combine you know two questions in one so you've got to get the most out of your guys we were actually quite naughty we managed to get uh, around 25 questions on the system um, wow. But it was exciting, you know, and people really did enjoy it. That's amazing. So you did the competitor analysis. You found out what it is that your uh, target audience wanted before you went, um, and, you know, like you said, to investors. What was the next step after that? So then was obviously doing the design. But by that point, you know, our investor comfortably felt that there is a business here. There is sure, a, a right. demand and there is a vast opportunity. I mean, the industry we're tapping into is a $14 billion industry. That's the wow. amount of money spent in the US alone for appointments with health wellness professionals. So that includes personal trainers as well as, you know, whether it's, um, you know, massage, chiropractors, Pilates, yoga. You know, we're dealing with appointments and classes, which I think is very unique that we found that nobody does. So you see a one-stop shop to build, you know, everything. Of course, you know, when you start planning things out and planning, you'll come up with questions. How do you get the provider on? You can't, mm-hmm. you can't market to clients until you have professionals on there, chicken and egg story. And, you know, each thing you've got to really sit down with your team and brainstorm, which is the next stage. Brainstorming is the key. You know, we have here Susie, who is the health professional, who is literally, when it comes to knowing how to use the internet on a scale of, you know, one to a hundred, I'd say right. she's like just down there with a number three or four she's just disastrous so our motto is if Susie can do it anyone can <laughs> so what's interesting is so you found how did you find Susie because I'll tell you why this is important because I find that for me when I'm when I was looking to start my podcast I had no idea 
where to start? You know, how do I get people to interview? How do I, uh, you know, what software do I use? What equipment do I use? You know, I I didn't know how to do anything. And I found somebody who's been there, done that. He's in the podcasting industry. And I paid him to, uh, to mentor me and to teach me exactly what I need to do. And I find that so, it's such a key, you know, piece of advice that if someone's going into a certain industry, like you did, you were, you were in the health industry and you found your Susie, who's a health professional. So how did you find Susie? So Susie is actually Harry's wife, who had all oh. the issues. <laughs> okay. Founders. I hope Harry is not going to hear this, but, you know, she's like the <laughs> guinea pig for us. Oh, know. no. <laughs> you just called Harry, your biggest investor's wife, a pig. I hope you realize that. <laughs> She takes it as a compliment because she's, uh, you know, we build the business around her and she definitely gets her excitement along the way, you know. Very cool. Okay, so what was the next step to launch? So basically, once we started, we put a development team together. That is really not easy because there are a lot of developers out there finding the right people, um, using overseas people, you know, in India and where, where have you. Locally, they're expensive. It's, it's not an easy call. Again, we were very fortunate because we had two investors and one of the investors actually had a team who was based, you know, overseas in Moldova. So we were able to, you know, use a company that he had successfully built for him several you know successful websites you know some of them even you know having 30 million unique visits per month so we kind of took over their development team which was kind of if you like an outsourced team because they weren't local for the beginning that worked for us but we learned that over the long term it became difficult as you know things are progressing so we soon put together a uh, an excellent development manager here and right now our development team consists of you know six seven developers uh, three are overseas and three are being managed over here directly you know in our office with a development manager who now you know manages and assigns all the tasks accordingly so that's something very important wow. you need to use a, a site like this is extremely complex if your site is down your name is down your business is over so we have spent a vast amount of money on development. I'm scared to say the figure online, but it Go was on, uh, <laughs> close. It was close to uh, half a million dollars actually. Wow! For a website. Yeah. Oh my yeah. goodness me. Wow. You know what's incredible is I'm listening to all this, and I'm sure you know the listeners listening to this are thinking, "Wow! So, I mean, so much has happened in such a small amount of time." And I guess in a way, if you if you you know, hearing it now, it's a, it's oh, it sounds overwhelming. But at the same time, you, you took one step, you put one foot in front of the other, and things started to just you know come about. You know, it, it just evolved. And and what what that teaches me is that you've just got to take that first step. Mm-hmm. And you don't know you don't know what's going to be around the corner. Like you said, you met Harry, and then Harry's wife happened to be the person that you know Susie who helps you with uh, the market research, and she happens to be a yoga instructor herself. And then uh, and then you had this other investor who had this whole thing. In the Maldives, you know, it was at the Maldives. Moldova, yeah, that's right. Moldova. So it's incredible how everything just evolves, you know, and it's just all about putting one foot in front of the other. This has been really great. I'm going to wrap it up, but just before we do, Ruven, one practical thing, what one practical thing can you share with our listeners that can help them become more successful today? So I think we covered them, but I'll just, you know, I think the most important thing is don't start a business you think people will love and need. You've got to go out there and ask them about their wish list and see how far you are off or on from that track because many times a business will start that you think is great and it just doesn't get off the ground because there is no need for it. You get excited and to you, you may solve your problems, but 99.9% of the population out there is just not interested in how to compare recipes that can save your wife three minutes um, you know, in, in the kitchen. And uh, it's just, 
<laughs> I know you're laughing, but I... I'm laughing because I've heard you. No, you didn't, no. Yeah, I did, really? Yeah, yeah, he sat in my office and told me all about it, uh, <laughs> you know. So, uh... He, he... I'm laughing because I, I, I've heard so many ideas where I've been sitting there, and the guy is full of passion. You know, he's so driven, so passionate about this idea, and he's like, and it's going to change the world. I'm just thinking in my head, like, have you asked your next-door neighbor if they would use this? Have you asked anybody? Right. And, and And it's just... It's amazing. So, you know, Ruben, you've been fantastic. Thanks so much for letting me pick your brain. Thank you to all my fellow listeners for tuning in today. Go make something happen, and maybe one day I'll be pricking your brain. You've been listening to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast. Inspiration without perspiration is like a tiger without teeth. So to put these ideas into action, head over to DanielGeffen.com.